EDM champions. Welcome to our next artist spotlight. This has been a long time coming. And when I say it's been a long time coming, I truly mean that. We have been championing this guy's music on our show for over a year. And it's time that we finally hear his story, what he's all about, the big milestones so far in his career, the influences that have made him who he is. And I am, of course, talking about Volick. Yeah, you know the name, you know Volick, because we've talked about him so much on the show and for very good reason. But before we step into that conversation that we had with him, he put together an amazing Beyond the Beats session that will also be live on our SoundCloud. But for the next half an hour, you are tuned in to Volick right here on Beyond the Beats Sessions. Take a listen.
Dear Lord, Samir, my man, that was an incredible, incredible mix. I mean, it just had me going from start to finish. I, it's just, you could really see why Volok is now becoming a name to really watch out for in the scene. I mean, you've got heavy hitters, people like Porter Robinson, Kid, Efferwood supporting him, getting releases on places like Riotful Records and Electric Hawk. It is just absolutely no wonder to me why this guy is getting all the coverage and all the spotlight that he deserves. So, man, just what an incredible mix. And I'm just incredibly excited now to bring him into the conversation because we're going to have a good time getting deep into how his musical career started, what he's doing over in Denmark, and just what his plans are for the future. So without further ado, I would like to introduce Volok into our conversation. My man, how are you doing? Thank you so much. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Dude, it's it's an absolute pleasure to have you, man. And I just want to start this conversation with a very, very quick story. And I'll never forget the first time that I heard <laughs> your music. And I, I, got, I got Alec to thank for really getting me onto Volok's music here, right? <laughs> so it's EDC 2019. We're driving from San Francisco to Vegas. We're ready to get our crazy weekend kicked off. And as we're in the Nevada desert, just on the, on the city limits of Las Vegas, Alec says to me, he turns to me and he says, Samir, I know you are a massive Eric Prids fan, okay? But I'm about to play this for you and I need you to have an open mind on this. I'm like, <laughs> all right, all right. My man, that you know, you're you're intriguing me, and I'm ready to listen. As soon as that song came on, I started to hear the melody of Opus, one of Eric Pritz's biggest tracks. But hold up, hold up. As the track progressed, as it built the tension, and as it dropped, as our EDM champions just heard in the mix, we heard something absolutely beautiful coming from Volik, man. That's and that's what I knew. Like, dude, remixing. In Eric Pritz track, I mean that takes that takes some serious guts. And and Volik, you know, you went above and beyond that calling. You absolutely murdered that man. You have such a great signature sound, right? So our EDM champions just heard, you know, this mix that you put together for us. But how would you define your signature sound? <laughs> Thank you for the kind words. Again, I really appreciate that. Um, of course, man. The Eric Pritz remix was very special for me. Uh, I put a lot of work into that. But in terms of what I would say my signature sound is, that depends the way you look at it. I think uh, I never intended to have a signature signature sound. It just mm -hmm. sort of happened from uh, keeping, trying to make uh, cool sounds that were based off of what my favorite music was, which uh, remains like a lot of like electro-inspired stuff from the yeah. 2011 era. My sound is like a mix of... of um, very fresh sounds combined with like nostalgic elements and structures and melodies. So it's like, a, I don't know, that, I think that's my signature sound, something like that. Absolutely. And, and one thing that Alec and I both really enjoy about your tracks is it, it's how you really kind of capture this emotion, right? You, you really capture these, these emotions mm. and these feelings and like it, and, and you know, during the drop of your tracks, like there's just a massive energy release. So how, how did you... Thank you. How, how how did you how do you do that? I guess I'm like I might get a loss for words because it's it's hard to describe. But I, as our EDM champions just heard in the mix, that's exactly what you do. But how do you capture so much emotion in your productions? What what influences um, that? Well, it's for me. Music has always been my 
way of expressing myself. I'm not the strongest at expressing uh, emotions and words. Uh, I've always been very, not the best at that. My main power was that I would then like go to making music as my relief, as like my way to like kind of like express myself better. The, the feelings I have, they, they, they are shown in the music I create. That's why a lot of my music has like this nostalgic recognizable like sound to it because they always uh, sound like something you you can like connect to like melody wise or mm -hmm. atmosphere wise and how I make that I don't know that's just from years of trying to make good music and I just happen to get lucky and be able to like be able to make something I'm proud of at the end it's like you almost came out of just nowhere into the scene man it's like you know with just some of the tracks that even from an earlier on time just the quality of your music just really stood out especially to me well that, i mean hell man i mean that's why i decided to feature you on the podcast and i just couldn't believe when uh we came across you guys i, I wish to me i remembered exactly how and where i did but just somewhere somehow i came across you and i was just astounded by the quality of it you know so i think it's really interesting to hear how you, you just sort of jumped into the scene with this inspiration and were, were there any particular DJs or producers doesn't even have to be an EDM necessarily that inspired you to to get going and helped you cultivate your sound. First of all, thank you for the super kind words. Um, the <laughs> reason I'm well, I I I've spent a lot of years, like over seven years, trying to get good. I I've been wanting to release music for seven years, but I was never good enough. Like until wow. two years ago, I've spent a lot of time getting good, and I just waited until I was good enough, and then I started putting out the music so it didn't it wasn't just because you know suddenly music became decent from my side i've worked really hard at getting to a decent level before i even like dared putting out my music since it's very personal to me as well but any particular dj or something an event that triggered me wanting to make music i think many things has had an influence to me over time one of the things is that i grew up in a french school system and the French school system is very one-dimensional. It's not created for an open mind, creative, sensitive person. It's very linear. It's all about just doing what you do, what you're being told, and not think otherwise, and not think outside of the box. And that was just not that was not what was right for me. I was always asking questions, always interested in like other like other uh, perceptions of what was being discussed, um, and that wasn't allowed. So like. I would play a lot of video games and through video games, I would get an escape. And through those video games I played, I would be introduced to a lot of like very atmospheric music. And it led to me being very interested in that and then just playing the games solely for the reason to listen to the music. And then I would move on to like listening to the music outside of the video games. And I would, uh, I remember listening to like a, a Harry Potter song, super lame, but I was listening to it on YouTube and I accidentally... <laughs> but pressed the video that led me to a, um, a Harry Potter remix. And I didn't know what a remix was because I was like, what, 10 years old, 11 years old, 12, <laughs> whatever. I didn't know what it was. So I listened to it. And I was like, what are these sounds? And they were like so interesting. It was like a trance remix. It was horrible. But back then it was like amazing <laughs> to me. Um, and that, that's how I came across, I think, DJ Antoine. If you, have you heard of him? I don't DJ think so, Antoine. No. no, he's a no. Swiss produced that DJ and I was like what is this music this is this is amazing whoa I was super impressed I was like so intrigued by all the sounds because I was never never very good at like listening to music that had a lot of um, 
vocals in them. I couldn't really focus on it. I was always listening to like the background music and that was way more mm. compelling to me for some reason. So these songs, they were just focused on the music and not the, uh, the vocals. So I was like, wow. So that's when my initial interest in wanting to make music started. Because uh, I was like, this is cool sound. Yeah, I was just going to say, you and I are very, very similar in uh, not really enjoying vocals. So uh, it's a common joke or a recurring theme on, on our podcast is that I just, I don't like vocals, man. You know, I, I, it's just too mm. distracting for me. So I feel you on that. It's not that I don't like them. I've just never been very good at like, um, yeah. I, for me, it's all about the, the general atmosphere that's created. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for me, the vocal is not like the main thing in a song. It's a added element to the mm. song in a sense. Like for me, everything that's happening behind the vocal is what is the most important. And I don't know why it is like that in my head, but that has just been <laughs> my way of thinking. Absolutely. Uh, so I haven't, so like, I wouldn't be able to listen to like Green Day music when I was a kid. I was like, what is happening? But <laughs> then my dad introduced me to like stuff like Depeche Mode or oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Kraftwerk. Do you know Kraftwerk? Have yeah, you yeah. Kraftwerk? of course, man. Yeah. That was the first music I was like, whoa, this is amazing. I was blown away. I was so into it because it was like a great uh, balance between like lots of really cool and well-produced music mixed with, with, with some really a neat and like uh, clingy vocals that like connected super well to the production. So that was the first music that really inspired me, the Pesh Mode and Kraftwerk. I think there's a lot of people who are really inspired by, you know, those guys in particular. Uh, we've heard that several times when talking to, to different artists and, and stuff. But, but really what I wonder going off of that is when did you decide this was something you wanted to pursue and, and to do. And, you know, that was, this... I remember exactly when, and I remember exactly how, and it was, do you remember the, um, the, the, the hit song a few years ago called We Know Speak Americano? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You remember that? Cool. Yeah, of course. Exactly. Remember when that blew up? Oh, yeah. So that was the first, so I live in Denmark, I'm Danish, and EDM as a whole doesn't exist here. Like, there's no interest in that. But, for some reason, We No Speak Americano by Yolanda B. Cool <laughs> was everywhere. He was in the radios. And I was like, whoa, I've never heard this type of music in Denmark before. This is so cool. <laughs> um, so I was like listening to it all the time. And I was on YouTube listening to it. And then again, somehow I by accidentally clicked on a remix of We No Speak Americano. And whose remix was it? It was Porter Robinson's remix of oh, We Know Speak Americano. Oh, get the hell out of here. That is awesome. Uh, and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is so cool. These sounds are unbelievable. <laughs> and I was blown away. I was like, this is so cool. You can do this to a song? You can, you can do this? You can remix a song like this? Wow. And I was so impressed. And like, so like, I was blown away. And I was like, I need to start doing something like this. I need to like do remixes as well i want to do remixes i want to be a remixer i didn't know what music production was i just wanted to do remixes that led me to porter robinson and i just deep dived everything about porter robinson i came across all his music and everything he had done and that's when my my big my big crush on his music production (laughs) and his uh his personality as a whole like just started uh, growing and so that was the turning point for me that's when i decided i'm gonna make music that's when i heard his remix of we don't speak americano Alec and I are also massive, massive fans of Porter Robinson. Uh, just a quick side note. Like, you had a track pay, uh, played by Porter Robinson, and I won't forget the day that we saw the video that you posted up on Twitter. Alec and I were both tweet, uh, texting to each other saying, like, Volk just had his track played 
by Porter Robinson. Like, how sick is that? How did that <laughs> feel, man? How did that feel to have Porter Robinson play one of your tracks? That must have been pretty awesome. Honestly, it sucked. I was so bummed out. What? <laughs> no, no, uh, no. Of course not. I was. Uh, I was. Uh, it was the last thing I would ever expect to happen in my career as a musician. So mm. it was. I was not prepared for it. I was not expecting it. Uh, it was amazing. Um, it was like the, uh, the the stamp of approval for me in a sense. Like mm. it was the all right. I'm good enough kind of now like my music is getting better like because he was the first one he was the one who inspired me to start production you know yeah. mm-hmm. so that that he recognizes my work is like all right then it must be decent now it was like that's, the, um, that's what it felt like it felt like all right i can be proud of myself now i like you know it was like a doing like life going full circle almost like this yeah. is i started by thanks to him and now he has played one of my songs he has a usb with one of my songs on, you know, like how Absolutely. crazy is that to th- like to even think about? It was a surreal thing. I wasn't prepared for it. I didn't fully grasp it. Like each time the video randomly pops up on my feet, I'm like, did <laughs> this really happen? I'm not fully yeah. sure whether or not it actually happened. Dude, I got to ask you, all right, because you just mentioned that you, you're, you're Danish and you're from Denmark. So tell me, like you were just mentioning that EDM was really not that big of a thing in Denmark. Mm. Until just recently, up until a couple of years ago. So can you tell me about some of the, I don't want to say struggles, but I guess some of the barriers of trying to grow a, a, a name for yourself in EDM in Denmark. Can you tell me about some of the challenges that you may have faced along the way? Yeah. So like, I'm like, I don't exist in Denmark. Like people don't know of me. Uh, mm. People don't know of any Danish artist in Denmark. It's uh, like you said I have to correct you because you said, oh, it's been growing over the last few years. And that is sadly wrong. It's been oh, okay. decreasing over the last few years. It was oh. bigger a few years ago. It was uh, pretty hyped up back in 2000. And I'd say like between 2012 and 2015, it was quite hyped. There were like events, like there were Dutch DJs coming in all the time. We had hmm. Dylan Francis flying in, playing shows. We had lots of cool artists coming in overseas. There's like There, there were like actual concert uh, holds meant for only EDM, which was super cool, and I loved that period. We had so many cool artists, Sub Focus, so many cool artists. Yeah, wow. Um, but then it just died, like from like a year to the other. It was just like, oh, now it's all gone. No one cares about EDM anymore. It was just all yeah. the festivals, all the venues, all the clubs. They all closed down and switched to only hosting hip hop or dance hall artists. Um, hmm. And the, there hall. was like, yeah. That's very big here at the moment. And like even like we have we have one of the biggest festivals in Europe. Have you heard of Rushfield Festival? Yeah. Have you heard yeah. of it? Oh cool. Yeah. 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 Right. So we have the... we, we do a lot of research on festivals happening around the world. But yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. So Rushfield is super cool. And what what was a cool edge that they had is they had a very cool like EDM scene. Like they had yeah. a stage just for electronic music, but that stage has just been has been demolished and turned into a rap stage only so they don't yeah. even have they don't even have anything electronic anymore and i don't know why that happened but it it's not just in denmark it feels like it's a lot of places in europe like the interest has died down but like it's just it just doesn't exist in denmark anymore so there's no like community anymore for it there's no interest in it anymore hmm. there aren't any events there's one event a year now and that event got canceled due to corona the one yeah. event, event we have which is a street festival called Distortion. Mm. And 
again, like that's you, you can't get to play that unless you're a huge artist or have a management that helps you get that sort of stuff. That's so interesting, man. I just wonder, I really wonder why that happened. It seems like it was quite a sharp drop off in, in interest because it has been really, I guess this is probably the first time that we're hearing of of uh, an area of the world where it's decreasing because you see actually really in the rest of the world it's increasing quite yeah exponentially actually right so i mean it's I, so I guess funny it's, the contrast yeah i know you said you don't really know but do you think there was like an oversaturation like it was just too much of the same type of edf that may could have maybe could have been i remember the whole big room era we had in 2014 was it 2014 maybe before and that when, remember when big room was the big thing oh yeah like 2011 um, through 2014 yeah yeah exactly yes yeah, sorry i think people no got really bored of it or something i'm not sure it was just like too much of the same thing everywhere in europe and it kind of like maybe got boring i don't know there was a lot of diversity they were only booking the same like 30 artists they weren't like trying something new so i guess people just got bored of it maybe i don't know that's me taking a big shot in the dark i'm not actually sure the reason uh behind the downfall but yeah i don't know but it, the contrast is huge because i was in the u.s uh half a year ago a year ago almost um and in the two weeks i was in california there were more shows mm -hmm. than there were in denmark in like three years you know yeah. it's like every weekend out here man like you know, so I, I <laughs> every live in week San Francisco, almost every day you know yeah it's it's absolutely insane it, it's exactly like even in in new york city too i mean you do you have yeah. club nights on what wednesday nights thursday nights uh fridays, there's so many saturdays, fridays, and you have saturdays. festivals you know you have <laughs> festivals you have also a thing the difference is you have like the big record labels you have mm -hmm. so many community and work community and workshop related things happening we don't have any of that there's yeah. one like community event thing happening in europe once a year and that's ade in amsterdam yep. oh yeah but that's it that's the one thing and that's not even in denmark that's in the netherlands so yeah. but that's the one time of, of the year that you can like meet and connect other people within the music industry in Europe. As like the Volok project continues to grow, have yeah. you considered moving to like a, a new a new market to pursue the project and to get connected with more people in the electronic music industry? I would love to. Yeah. Uh, I have very much uh, looked into what is required to move abroad and yeah. by abroad i mean obviously uh the u.s continent the american mm. continent either uh in to maybe canada or somewhere in the u.s um whatever would work out the best i would do like i know that my chances of a career in europe are very slim or close mm. to not happening at all whereas if i'm closer to the scene it would be easier to maybe have more things happening so i'm very much open to that i would love to do that it's yeah. just not super easy sadly so, to acquire a visa yeah i was actually mm. literally just about to ask you and i think alec you're probably about to kind of ask a similar question here because we just we recently not recently but last year we talked to an artist who's based in australia for mm -hmm. an artist spotlight and he also mentioned some very similar roadblocks that come into wanting to migrate from you know outside of the u.s pretty much into the u.s especially if you're pursuing a career in music so mm -hmm. if you don't mind, could you quickly just kind of maybe explain to our audience just some of those roadblocks that kind of come up in an artist wanting to move to the U.S. in order to pursue a career in music? Well, the one roadblock is there's only one, basically, and that is the visa. Yeah. Uh, I don't have any other roadblocks. I'm pretty fortunate to be living in Europe and leave, even living in Scandinavia. So 
there's different countries that are looked differently upon because of their relationships to the U.S. continent and the the U.S. or the or Canadian uh, government. Um, but Denmark is pretty lightly looked upon. We have pretty good, well, healthy connection uh, relationships. Mm-hmm. So it's literally just to get a visa that's holding me back from being able to to go. And getting a visa is uh, close to impossible. Like you you need to to get a visa. Uh, you need to either be lucky and get a green card through like a monopoly pool game that you can get through the U.S. embassy, or you have to like be a very big artist with a lot of things happening in the U.S. and a management yeah. company based in the U.S. who have in in like na- who have lawyers within their company who can like handle the whole um, visa procedure. Mm, and absolutely. So that's what is needed because you need someone within the country who can vouch for you and vouch the amount of importance you have and that why and that it, the country would benefit from letting you in and work. And I have none of those things. So me showing up to the embassy, I would just be pushed away because I do not have any relevancy to show. Such a shame. I mean, yeah, I can't believe it. I know it's been, you and I are on the same wavelength here. It's just, it's such a shame that it seems like through this arduous process that we're doing, we're turning away talent and creative talent and just actually things that would help stimulate local economies even within the US, right? So um, it's it's something that I've never fully understood, especially if you are someone that clearly has some credibility and some reputation. I mean, we've, there's even bigger artists who apparently have struggled to get mm-hmm. you know, even just a green card and, and a visa to come over to the US to, mm-hmm. to work and to pursue their career. But I mean, where are your listeners primarily located? Are they in the U.S.? Yeah, <laughs> they are. All my listeners in the U.S. Yeah, like if I go onto either whatever streaming platform I use, it's top three is U.S., Canada, and then Australia or Russia. That's just yeah. so, that's so ironic that that's just where you're. It's like you've got your listener base there, but you just can't quite. Yeah, I can't go. There. Yeah, well, hopefully, it's, I mean, you know, as th- as things turn around, and to be perfectly honest, man, I've got quite a lot of faith in you and what you're doing. You. I think I think you will eventually be able to get to that point where you can move over to uh, to the US or to Canada to pursue that. But you know, in, in the meantime, before that, how are you separating yourself? How are you making your music different than uh, other people? in similar types of uh, EDM? The market is super, super oversaturated currently. Uh, and it will keep getting more and more saturated because, you know, making music is uh, very accessible. Uh, you just mm-hmm. need a PC or a MacBook or whatever. Um, and like all the knowledge, all the tools you need, you can acquire them for free basically on the web. So everybody yeah. can get, anybody can get started nowadays, which is super, super cool. There's so much cool up and coming talent coming through, which is amazing, creating some fantastic music um so that's super nice but it does make the market oversaturated so like if you want to be an artist that sticks out or has some some uniqueness to to what to your project like you need to have a sound or something that is unique to you so i have worked very hard on trying to have something that sets me apart and i think what i've been able to do is like create a balance between something that is both for the average listener and the advanced listener as mm-hmm. in, I think my music is like digestible. In in and what when I meet say like that, it's like I combine like I can combine like crazy offbeat sound design. Yeah. But the structure and like the drum pattern will be like a a a, stru- a pattern you can like 
it's easy to understand and like dance to like the rhythm is recognizable so like it's for both types of listeners or i would um use big melodic breaks that has some fresh and unique takes but at the same time i would have like like nostalgic elements and feels to them that would people would go like oh this makes me think about back in uh, 2012 when i was listening to i don't know whatever electro but still like being fresh and interesting so like i combine many elements that brings different people to be interested in what i make so like i don't know i i try to i just try to replicate the music i liked which is the music mm-hmm. back in 2011 like all the old electro music i love that but i don't just make electro that's the thing i try to like just be inspired by it and create something new off of that so i guess that's what sets me apart maybe creating some fresh nostalgic music i don't know yeah. <laughs> And then what also sets me apart is I'm Scandinavian. I think that's also like, that's pretty cool. Absolutely. That's getting, that's getting rare nowadays. There, there aren't many Scandinavians that you hear of. You know, how many Scandinavian artists can you mention currently? Like we used to have so many, you know, Swedish House Mafia, Avicii, rest in peace. And we used to have Alesso who was everywhere. He's still playing. Eric Fritz is still playing. But you don't hear that much from them anymore, you know? We have Michael from Peckboard Nerds, uh, who's mm. Danish. Mm-hmm. There aren't that many, so I try to. I want to be one of those who's like who's gonna shine through this like tiny mess of few Danes and Scandinavians and trying to like make it. That would be very valuable to me. You got to put them back on the map, man. You got to put Denmark back as Absolutely. a home to electro music. And I dude, really I, want to. I think you could. I think you could do it. I think it's just a question of you know just continuing like chugging away, like you know chugging along and. What we've noticed, and you certainly see it, I think, just with with music and really any type of cultural phenomenon, is that history almost repeats itself, right? So things come back. And Mm. I feel like there might be some type of, you know, it might circle back. I I don't know when and if that would be soon necessarily, but it's just funny because even in, you know, even in the US, you're, you're seeing just sounds that have taken just many, many years to to move over here for instance drum and bass is just one mm. I, we talk about this all the time on the podcast but drum and bass is only just now becoming like something that people are remotely interested in right but that has just been a staple in the european scene particularly in the uk market for such a long time yeah so i, I do feel like it, it's something that may come back and and the fact that you are doing something that's you, you're taking the nostalgia piece from the you know the golden era of that electro sound and now you're putting mm. a fresh spin on it I really feel like it can, it can hopefully inspire something because that because that would be that would be great. I mean, have have you even been able to play any type of gigs around? No, <laughs> I haven't. Like, well, I have. I've been playing these online festivals, yeah, uh, which has been amazing. Uh, but like one time only, I did a chill like hangout event in Copenhagen, uh, where. The label Riotville, the Danish uh, record label Riotville, they invited me to like, they asked if I wanted to like spin a few songs for 20 minutes. So I did that for as a chill, small thing. But that's it. That's the only time I've performed live, if you want to say it like that, even though it wasn't a performance. There were like 10 people there, 30 people max, something like that. It was just a hangout for producers. We've got we've got to get you on some stages, man. I that, know, man. man. <laughs> well, that's the sad part. I was booked for festivals this year. Oh, damn, man. They all Sorry got cancelled. Yeah, yeah, no, I had no. It's 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 all right. It's just a shame. Yeah. Um, but it's for the best. It's for the best reason. I was a month off from announcing my first two festivals 
Europe. Ah, they were outside of Denmark. Oh, so, wow. Okay. You know, they were international are, gigs. Are the, are, the, are the festival names still secret right now? It wasn't announced at all. Yeah. So oh, I can't even. Yeah. It was Tomorrowland. No, I'm kidding. It oh, wasn't. I was like, what? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm like, yeah. out. I know that <laughs> yeah. guy. I know him. <laughs> No, no that... it wasn't. It wasn't Tomorrowland. It was a pretty cool big festival. Uh, it has some very, very cool lineup. Um, yeah. But it got canceled, sadly. Oh, oh, good man. Hopefully, those opportunities will still be there when the dance floors start to reopen. Who knows, man? Maybe in a, in a couple of years, I'll be able to see you play in Tomorrowland. I, I would, I would love to see that. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, that would be full it... circle. Definitely, man. And, and so, well, let me ask you: Do you do you travel to attend shows? Like, I know, obviously, you, you were just mentioning that in Denmark shows and festivals have kind of really, especially electronic music have kind of fallen away. And obviously like right now, um, they're not really happening, but do you, do you go to festivals and do you go to shows often? And, and could you tell me about like how that may inspire you? Pre uh, global pandemic, I yeah. would uh, attend the shows that were possible to attend because there weren't many obviously in Europe. Yeah. Um, but I did get to uh, attend uh some shows in the UK and some shows in in uh, Germany and some shows in in, in Italy. Uh, yeah. I went to like maybe I went to the few concerts that you could go to in Denmark, but they weren't all super good. It was like Danish artists make uh, performing electronic music. It wasn't always the best, but it was like this is the best we can get. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I would attend that. Um, but then I went to the US and I attended uh, Escape. Which oh, was nice, an, man! Which was amazing, and I yeah. went to um, I went to a venue in LA as well called Oh, I can't remember the venue. Maybe Exchange or Shrine. I can't remember. Anyway, so I've been yeah. to like one. Uh, oh, and I also went to Vegas, and I went to Omni. I think it was was it Omnia nightclub or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, just going to the US, I I had been for the two weeks I was in the US. I went to more shows and festivals than i had been to in two years in, in europe basically yeah so i mean you have been producing for i think you mentioned seven years you recently just started uh, you you started releasing music about two years ago right so there's been all this build up you know there's been artists that have been inspiring you all along the way mm-hmm. so i would say you've had a, a pretty lengthy career so far you know and you've you've really i i gotta tell you man you've come pretty far don't knock down how, how far you've come because you have like you have just come so far, especially with your releases on Wrightville, uh, Electric Hawk, and then having your, your music played by some of the biggest names in the scene. I mean, that is really something amazing. But what, what are some Thank of you. the lessons that you have learned along the way in pursuing the Volic brand and the Volic project? The most important thing I've learned from all this time I've, I've put into music is the fact that I have been able to put all this time into music. I think it's very important to be grateful if you're an artist or someone who pursues some sort of art, it's very important that you're grateful you can do that. Yeah. It's, it's very easy to be overwhelmed and to, t- and to be like uh, frustrated and demotivated as an artist in this very oversaturated and very harsh industry that happens to me all the time. I'm, I'm guilty to that. Um, so it's very easy to take a, a lot for granted and be very unappreciative of your current situation. But yeah. Just the fact that you're able to even sit down and pursue music is a luxury. You know, like not everybody can do that. Not everybody can pursue music. Not everybody has the time or comes from a, a 
a situation in life where they're mm-hmm. able to like pursue something creative that might not lead to a, a, a career or something that you can make a living off of. So yeah. the fact that I am, you know, fortunate enough to do that is something I'm very grateful for. And I have realized that over time that I'm very lucky and privileged because I can definitely, definitely I know a lot of people who pursue music, even though they are not in a situation that, I would where I would be able to pursue music. So over time, I have learned to be way more grateful and appreciative of the life and the progression and where I'm at because I live a very fortunate life. I think it's fair to assume that you know you probably have a really great support system who's who wants to see you succeed. So could you perhaps tell us a little bit more about that, like the people who are behind you supporting the Volik project? Like I, I think uh, I've I've seen on Twitter that um i think your cousin makes your graphics for you if i recall correctly <laughs> yeah so which, you know and- he, he does great work by the way i, I, I gotta say big, big shout out to him but tell us tell us a little bit more about the support system that you have He's kind of amazing. for you yeah yeah so like that just makes my my that just makes me you know that much more grateful and like more like uh, you know invested into my project because it's not just me it's not just my project that like he is involved with it um like he's involved in everything creative like every art direction we go with he's involved in every step yeah he does everything graphically and visually for my project which is really cool so you know it's the family is very invested in my project like his family and my family are very involved uh, because they think it's so cool that within the family there's two creatives working together (laughs) you know yeah i love Um, that and uh, he's super 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 talented and it's funny because he uh he he started working on getting good at graphic design at the same time as I started wanting to get good at music production. So we've had like the same progression time, basically. He showed me a, a, a cover art he did for me seven years, six years ago, back when he was horrible and back when my music was <laughs> horrible. So the support system, I have very supportive parents um, backing me up all the way. They like, they they keep telling me that they, I keep asking them, are you sure it's okay that I pursue music? I'm not actually making a living or anything right now. You know, I'm getting older. I'm 24 now. Uh, I'm actually not in uni. I'm working as a part-time barista just to make things work. And then I make music. Are you are guys okay with that? And they keep saying, listen, as long as you're happy, then we're happy. Then we're happy. Yeah, you know? that's, I love that. Um, that's wonderful. They just want me to be proud. They're, they're proud that I actually put so much time into this. And they can see that a lot of cool things are happening. Like the big moment was just recently um, when I remixed Nephew and yeah. Polakreis Atzin, the yeah. Align Elena song I did a remix of. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because Nephew is a huge band in Denmark. They're, they're Danish. They're huge. Like everybody in Denmark of any age knows of Nephew, basically. They're legends here. It's like my, one of my dad's favorite, favorite bands. He's the yeah. one who said, we should remix them. <laughs> um, so, and you killed it you killed it on that remix man I love thank it. you yeah. so yeah. I, I mainly did it to like make him happy and proud but yeah. what happened was that fucking the band nephew they they came across it the oh, band wow. the danish band no nephew way. they came across my remix and it hadn't even been out for like 12 hours it was like the yeah. morning after uh like one of the uh, the label one no not the label one of the band members had came had heard it like how did he hear it he he had messaged me he was like wow this is unbelievable thank you so much for this This is amazing yeah and uh he shared it to the whole band and they posted about my song my remix of their song on their facebook page 
to all their fans. I was like, what the fuck is happening? I'm that freaking is, out, that's you know? amazing, man. And wow. my dad saw it. He was like, whoa, this is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. I think that was the first time my parents, not the first time, but, you know, that was a really cool, like, local moment. They were like, wow, okay, so if these people really like what you do, then you're doing something, you know? I just love that you have that support group behind yeah. you. That you've it's got so your parents who it's It's so important. That's something it's, that we've learned through just talking to a bunch of artists is just having people to be in your corner like that to support your dream because you just got to go out there and do what you got to do yeah uh, it's the most important to me you know i um friends come and go but the most important thing is to have your family's backing i was just saying you got to keep plugging away man like you know you're on the right path you're getting these little signs and you know i think that's just something that yeah even samir and i have learned through this podcast and just in, in general is that when you get these signs of little signs of success you just have to remember that there's a little like almost flagpole telling you that you're headed in the right direction you're on yeah. the right path exactly a hundred percent and like i get i have i get some of the warmest and kindest and heartfelt messages from people and it's it brings so much more value value to my music i'm so grateful for the people who even you know care to listen to my music those are my supporters the people who even listen to my music you know like to even have an audience is unbelievable and i've definitely noticed just on social media too when when you whenever you release tracks your your fans are very very committed and loyal to you you know i mean just you can see the passion and the energy that they have but i think that's also very much represented in the in the music something that i've noticed is that artists who put their their almost their their soul into their craft into their music mm. audiences can pick up on that they can feel that and that resonates with them and like you can certainly hear that in your music too i mean it's just thank it, you it is really really man i mean it's, it's quite special what you're doing and and so speaking of of special things and doing special occasions this is this is a question that we like to throw out there to anyone that comes onto the podcast because always very interesting and intriguing answers but if there are any dj or maybe even if it's not a dj it could be a band past or present they don't have to be going right now that you could do a back-to-back -back set with let's say we'll put oh. you up on the tomorrow land main stage you've got prime everyone's there who are you going to do that back-to-back -back with oh there's only one answer there's one answer only who is um, it I hope you remember him. It's a Danish artist, and he's called Mikas. What a great answer. Ah, where is he? Where is Mikas? Remember him? Yes, of Mikas. course. Where Mikas is he? Mikas was amazing. He is, there's, there's two people I look up to, production and sound design wise, and he is like in the top two. Yeah, dude, what a fantastic answer, man. He, I, feel like, I feel like people forgot about Mikas, man. Like, it's, uh, it's such totally. a shame. Yeah, he he disappeared back in, I think like it was 2014, something yeah. like that. Yeah, sadly he uh, he didn't disappear. He he was very public about why he stopped, but he 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 just didn't want to pursue music anymore. He yeah. was done with it. He didn't even make music for his own fun anymore. Um, yeah. So he he had done a lot of things. He was very proud of. He was very grateful for a lot of opportunities he had had and everything and. Um, he was like, cool, you know what? I, yeah. I, I achieved a lot and I'm very happy for a lot of the things that I've experienced. I'm going to stop now because yeah. he was also like at the same time, he was also studying very hard and it just it got too much for him. He just wasn't motivated or inspired anymore to make music yeah. because he had a lot to 
to take care of and he, he i think he had a son coming he had a lot to handle dude i'm so happy that you mentioned his name i don't think we've ever talked about mikas on the podcast maybe once maybe once but his unison remix his song finally with amba shepherd oh dude yeah, yeah. oh my goodness those dude, are I'm... two of my favorite songs ever but yeah. also just the fact you know he's danish just like me yeah um it, which is like which is why I, I've always looked up to him because it's like, wow, someone from my own country yeah. was able to make this kind of music. You know, that's what's been like inspiring me the most, like tr working hard and getting better all the time because yeah. he like, he's the top you can reach. Like you cannot, he's like, he was like the peak producer level you could get at and he was Danish, you know? Yeah, dude. Um, I'm so, I'm just so, so happy right now that you mentioned it, man. I, that, what a great answer for real. Yeah, no, it would be that would be like my dream thing to be do a back to back with him would be like a dream. That would be amazing. Yeah. You know, representing together. Bring back. Yeah. yeah. Bring it back, man. Come on, we got it. Just go over, just pop over to his house, knock on his door. <laughs> I've been very for, I've been very this. fortunate to actually talk to him oh, nice. in recent years. Yeah. Um, because uh, uh another Danish producer, maybe you remember him, the Frederick. Have you heard of the Frederick? I don't think I do. No. He used to be on Mousetrap. He used to be on Mousetrap mm. Mouse oh. a few years ago. Uh, but he, I think he slowed down. Um, but he, um, he tweeted about my Opus remakes. And he said, whoa, this is yeah. like some Mikas tier music. And then Mikas saw it. And he was like, damn, this is pretty good. Damn. And he heard, so he heard it. <laughs> and uh, we talked a bit afterwards. And he's been super nice. I don't spam him. I do yeah. not want to bother him. Yeah, <laughs> um, but he we follow each other on Twitter and uh, and we have talked a little bit. But he's super super nice, very That's very, very cool. friendly. Um, so I hope I, I can do him proud and um, yeah, bring some more Danish music in the front spotlight, like he used to. I'm sure I'm sure you're doing him very proud, man. Yeah, that's a great answer. I love that. Sorry, Alec, I didn't mean to. I, I didn't mean to just like. Do, you know, kind of no. take over your question. Now. I just, I, I'm, I'm a mass thinking. Yeah, I was just thinking about just just that is such a cool thing to have happen that you were able to connect with somebody that you you look up to in that way, right? Yeah, and no, he's like my I, top one of my top, if not my top idol, you know. And yeah, that's another thing, you know, to be like if you take a step back. If you had told me three years ago that Porter would have played one of my songs and I would have had a combo with Mikas and he like really liked my music, you know, I would be like, what are you talking about? What on earth are you talking about? That's like, you know, dream. That's dream stuff. That's stuff you only dream of, you know? Yeah. But those things have happened. So definitely something I'm very, very grateful for. Big moments in my, in my life, for sure. Absolutely. You know, and, and just for a lot of people, it seems like instances and moments like that are truly what are are really the things that help them get through potentially tougher times times where they feel like they may not be getting as much traction so is is that something that occurred with you with these with these points that helped you get through a time where you didn't feel as motivated or didn't feel as creative and yeah. if you just have any advice for any of the because we have a lot of producers who who listen here a lot of aspiring producers you know and we and just the grind is real for everybody, right? So, yeah. you know, what advice do you also have for them on how to keep moving forwards? So your, your question was in two parts. Have I ever been looked back on these things and then in a, in a bad period? And to answer that, yes, I do that all the time. Um, it's very, very easy 
to um, be overwhelmed with emotion as a as a creative. It's a part of it. If you, I feel like if you don't like get emotionally overwhelmed and uh, and like disturbed sometimes from being a creative, then you're not putting that much love and effort into your music because mm. making music, just being creative, not just making music, making any form of art is very personal and it is very draining and when you work very hard on something and you don't see it getting the reaction you were hoping for or you maybe get one mean comment out of like a hundred you know that destroys you or maybe yeah. if you have a bad session and you don't make as much progress as you would have wanted or you had to scrap like a whole idea because it was crap you know that kills you and you get depressed you get demotivated and you get the imposter syndrome kicking in and you're like i'm I'm a fake artist. What I make is fake music. I'm not a real artist. I suck. I'm horrible. And you keep telling yourself like trash things like that, which you should never do. Um, but it's very common and it happens to everybody. It happens to me all the time. And it happened to Porter Robinson. You know, he's been very mm -hmm. open. He's been very open about it. It happens to everybody. Yeah. Our emotions are very much attached to our music or our, our art. And the one thing that always keeps me going is, yes, A, going back and looking at these cool moments that you might have had in the past. Like for me, it's Porter playing my music or watching Kid play my one of my songs at all his festival shows for the entirety of 2018 and 2019. Yeah. Or watching, going back and rereading my conversation with Mikaz and enjoying and looking on going on SoundCloud and see that he actually follows me as one of his few followings, you know? Right. <laughs> that motivates me. But for some, they might not have that many things that keep them going, like stuff like events like that. And that's when I keep, can under, underline the importance of having uh, good friends. And that is a thing I always go back to is my, my, my friends within the music industry, because we all relate to these emotions, all of us. We can all relate. And therefore, it's very easy to just text your friend and be like yo i'm not having a good day i'm having these thoughts and then you can always have a call with that friend who can totally put himself into your position and understand you know and be like you gotta stop you know we have those days you're gonna get over it it's hard the music industry isn't fair and it will never be but you keep creating good music and they, they'll say things that you know keep you on your toes and keep you get, get gets your head back on back on well and you move on so my main tip is to surround yourself by good people uh, good friends and you know you share the excitement of releasing music with them and grow with them but you also share the the down times with them and that's very important because that's when you need them the most that's that's fantastic that's advice fantastic answer. yeah yeah that's a great answer man it's just so important for i think especially in times of isolationism that's going on right now right oh with, yeah uh, COVID, you've just got to, you've got to lean into your friends, your support network, especially. And I, I really do feel for the creators out there. So I think your, your advice there, man, is really going to help a lot of people. Yeah. Especially right now. Yeah. Cause it's, you know, right now we're, we can't even go outside. We're stuck in our room all day with our thoughts mm -hmm. to ourselves. We can't even go out with a friend, grab a cup of coffee and be like, yo, can I rant for a sec? You can't even do that. So yeah. calling up your friends is very important and yeah, but it's very important to remember that the emotions and the, 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 the existential dread and depression you might feel from being creative is, is very normal and it happens to everybody within 
any creative scene. It happens to everybody, even big artists, even small. It happens to everybody. You're never alone with the emotions you go through, but it's important that you can talk to people about it and not uh, shut yourself in because that will only make it worse. Hey, you know what, Volik, dude, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Are there any concluding thoughts that you want to give our audience before we say goodbye to each other? Uh, it's been great. I've had a, it's a pleasure to be invited to be on your podcast. I'm very Dude, honored, we're honored you know? to have you. We're honored to have you, man. What are you talking cool. about? Are you kidding me right now? Like, get, get, <laughs> no, you are so humble. Get the hell out of here, man. No. Like, we, we, we love you, man. We love your music. Thank you. And we will, you know that, man. Like, we will always support your releases on the show. It's I not even I really a thing. appreciate yeah. you guys. Uh, I think it's important to keep in, in mind that, you know, I'm a very, very normal guy living a very normal life. I'm not. Yeah too crazy you know I, I play Fortnite like everybody else you know <laughs> um so it's like i'm a very normal guy i just happen to be making music and i'm very grateful that people care a lot about it i'm Absolutely. very very grateful for that and that you guys care that means the most of course man of course we we we, we love That's you true. like i said and edm champions all the links to volix socials and his soundcloud will be on our website beyond the beats Dot co. Click on the artist spotlights tab. We're gonna have a nice uh, picture of Volix logo up on the up on the site, and all some more, and some more information uh, and just some links where you can go check him out. You guys, you guys have to go and give him a follow. Show your support for his music because this and you guys guy... have to follow this podcast because this podcast is great and these guys are we very handsome and very that. sweet. <laughs> Thank you. We will always appreciate the support for BTV, of course. But this is about Volik, and you know, there's a reason why we champion his music so much on the show. So that's it from us. Alec, any, any, any concluding thoughts before we head out? Just want to say thanks again, man. I mean, it's just been an absolute pleasure. And it's, it's just so neat watching you continue down your journey and your path. And I know it may seem a little bit difficult right now, especially yeah. being isolated. But I tell you, you've, when you've got the talent, you've got the talent. And you certainly do. So it's just a matter of just time until you really, truly hit that next level. And we can't wait to see you, uh, you. when you do so. Thank yeah. you so much. And I can't wait to share with you guys, you know? Um, Absolutely. This, my project is only so special to me because I get to share it with a lot of people, you know, not only my family, but you guys have been listening for a while and I'm always excited to show my music to you because I know you have the nicest words each time. It makes me that much more <laughs> grateful to be making music, to have super sweet boys like you really care and listen to my music with a lot of thought put into it when you listen. So... I'm very grateful I get to share my, 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 my little career with you guys. And I, I hope I get to be able to come to the U.S. sometime soon and we of can course. hang out or something, go to shows. Without a doubt. Course, you got, Without you got a doubt. Dalek on the West Coast. You got me on the East Coast. So you got Perfect. both coasts covered, my friend. You know, we'll, we'll, definitely, we'll buy you a drink. We'll buy you a coffee, whatever it is. But Perfect. Until next time, my friend, we'll, we'll be talking real soon. And of course, EDM champions, don't forget to keep an ear out for Volix music on our show. And then, of course, don't forget to give them a follow on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get your music. But until next time, we'll see you guys soon. Peace.